As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. I am joined by our Pelicans writer, Will Guillory. We've got Andrew Sleck producing this show. Will, you just talked to Zion Williamson's trainer, and you wanted to get the skinny, or the skinny, is that is that a little too, is that uh, too I much? What the, you did there. The, the less chubby on what's going on with Zion this <laughs> offseason. And... One of the most interesting revelations from this piece is that he claims that Zion Williamson is now a better athlete than he was before he got hurt. Yeah, that was definitely a moment during my interview. I had to stop him mid-answer and be like, wait, what? <laughs> like, Zion, more athletic? Like, how is that even possible? But, uh, you know, he he said it a, a couple times during the interview. He was firm in saying, yeah, I think he's a better athlete now. And, you know, does that mean Zion's going to have like a 50-inch vertical now? I, I don't know if that's true. But I think it's, he's speaking more to just the way Zion moves on the court, his stop and start ability, his ability to kind of change directions in the air. I think that's one of the things that makes Zion such a unique athlete. You see times where he'll drive to the lane, he'll jump in the air and just move around a guy where you see guys kind of plow through people or they try to go over somebody to finish a layup. Zion will jump in the air and just kind of move to the left and just end up laying the ball in. It's, it's like one of the craziest things you'll see. And I think they'll, they think we're going to see more stuff like that where he's able to contort his body and just have like ridiculous body control on these drives to the run because we know that's where he's at his best when he's attacking the paint. And when he's doing that, he's going to have to go through multiple bodies. So it's about him just being able to move through that traffic and get to the rim the, the way he usually does. And I think now, you know, with uh, just a better physique and just a, a better ability to move around on the court, they feel like he could do some stuff that we haven't seen before. Yeah, Zion's this weird player because I think there's a lot of – this generation, it's been a lot of guys that have more of a uh, like a wing mold that have the size to be a big. Zion's more of a big mold who just has the speed to be a wing because like a big thing, a big difference between like a big and a wing is that a wing will do more of a natural gliding run, like more of a natural stride, while bigs will kind of shuffle. 
Like bigs are kind of like they're keeping their feet low to the ground. They're moving with two feet, stuff like that. And Zion's always kind of moved more like a big. He does a lot of big hops and jump stops and stuff like that. He's bouncing around his ability to just, you know, hop with so much explosion while driving. It just makes it so that even if you cut off the spot you're trying to take away while he drives, he just jumps to the other side of the paint and then goes up and finishes with power. And so while that's really great, it kind of limits his ability to be a playmaker, his ability to not foul when teams eventually start figuring out how to, you know, how to really understand the way he drives. So how much do you think of the work that he did this offseason was basically allowing him to be a little bit more fluid and maybe play less in the air and less bouncing around and play with a little bit more control? Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it because uh, a big part of his game is being able to get to the paint off the dribble, right, and, and being able to move through traffic, like I said before. He, anytime he has the ball, we know he's going to have multiple people looking at him, multiple bodies on his side of the paint. So uh, it's about just being able to move in and out, being able to get to spots quicker, uh, being able to, like I said, maneuver in the air. Uh, I think that's going to be a big thing for him. And as much as he lives in the paint, it's pretty shocking to see that he, his charge numbers aren't as high as you would expect for a guy who, you know, led the league in paint scoring the one year he did play a full season healthy. And it's a big part of that is his ability just to understand angles, understand how to anticipate help, move around guys. And like I said before, I think just being a little bit more explosive, a little bit more fluid in his stop and start actions is going to help him to avoid some of those charges, of avoid some of those situations where he's driving into a dead end and he has to kind of just throw it out of there once he doesn't have anywhere else to go. So I I think they feel pretty good about his ability uh, just to maneuver with the ball and get to his spots and uh, just being able to stop and start at full speed because he, he, that's something that makes him so unique. He's had such a big body and he can get up to full speed so quickly and change directions and remain at full speed. Uh, so I think. Man, it's just going to be really interesting to see, you know, this season, once he's really back in the flow, uh, just what he looks like compared to the last time we saw him because he was so great the last time we saw him, right? I mean, 27 a game, 60% from the field, you know, one of the, the, the most unique offensive seasons we've seen from anybody in the history of the NBA. And for them to say, yeah, this is going to be a better version we're going to see from Zion. I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty shocking if they, they can, if he can actually pull that off. I mean, do we have any understanding yet of what he needs to do to actually stay healthy? Like, because obviously he's got real Derrick Rose shades the way he plays. So, so goddamn explosive. Derrick Rose was also someone who had a lot of bounciness to him. He really liked jump stops, going up for huge high flying dunks, had bad landing mechanics. And we saw how that played out for him. Like, how much of the work has been to make Zion learn how to use his body in a way that basically avoids significant injury? I think a big part of it is, you know, another pretty surprising part of the interview was I think this is the first time just coming from Zion's camp. We've heard them acknowledge kind of what we've all known since he's coming to the league is like, hey, it's going to help if he has a little less weight on his body, pounding on his knees, pounding on his no back, way. pounding on his feet, you know, uh, kind of the stuff. I that never they thought kinda, about that before. Yeah, it's like the stuff that they've all denied. I think we I heard, you know, Jasper say multiple times, hey, it'll help if his condition's a little bit better. It'll help if he's not, you know, carrying that much more weight around. So I think that's a big part of it. It's just controlling his weight, uh, making it easier for him to move around, making it easier for him to recover after some of these long games, long road trips. I think that's a big part of it. And also just kind of 
you know, being smarter about the risks you take going to the paint. Uh, I think, you know, when you're a young guy, you kind of get reckless a lot of times with what you do, the, the risks you're willing to take, the, the guys you might try to jump over or jump through. Uh, I think when you, we see more with guys, they get older, they get uh, more mature in their game. They understand how to get to spots without taking those type of risks, being able to get, you know, easier baskets without having to jump over two people to get it done. So I think that's a big thing for him. Uh, but I mean, the, the the crazy thing about him is that we've rarely seen him get injured during games, right? It's It's been off-season workouts. It's been, you know, he had he suffered a meniscus injury during the Spurs game his rookie year, but it didn't really flame up until the practice the next day. So I think that the only in-game injury we've really seen him get is when he broke his thumb. Uh, I'm sorry, broke his ring finger uh, against the Warriors his second season. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's about just maintaining his body and being able to handle the beating he takes over the long course of a season. And a big part of that is just being mindful about new nutrition, sleep, working out, all of that stuff that we've talked about with Zion since he came into the league. He's just got to be more on top of that uh, just because his body is so unique and he has to do more because he's been, you know, gifted with more than most other guys. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so let's get to the rest of the team. We got training camp coming up next week. This is the team that was a, a nice upstart team after they got CJ McCollum, things started to come together. They made some noise heading into the playoffs. Obviously they weren't going to win because they didn't have the best player. Now they get him back. And he's someone who last time we saw him, he was, he was scoring like crazy. It's been a while. And that was really early in his career. At this point, he could come back and he could be like a top 10 player in the NBA. That's a pretty massive variable to throw in on a team that already was improving. So what is the feeling of how good the Pelicans can be this year? And how do they work when they obviously make a seismic shift to the way that they were operating last year and they bring Zion back into the fold? Yeah, I think in the building, they're trying to temper it uh, when they speak publicly. But I think uh, just internally, they feel really, really good about this roster and they feel like they can do something special if Zion can come back and be, like you said, a top 10, top 15, all NBA caliber player. Just because they have so many pieces around him already that fit exactly what he does. Right. You you have a CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, uh, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones. You have so many quality role players to put around Zion. You have a culture in place that allowed them to climb back from that three and 16 hole they started in last year so they feel really good about their chances of making noise in the west uh they're still a very young team obviously the west is going to be better next year with you know denver getting healthy the clippers getting healthy you know all that kind of stuff but i think they're going into the season feeling like they can be a legit playoff team and if everybody stays healthy going into the playoffs they're walking into it and say hey 
You can match us up with whoever. We're going to have Zion, B.I., and C.J. on the floor. You try to match up with us, and good luck. And I think when you just put it that way, I think it's going to be very difficult in a playoff situation to kind of contain those guys. But again, you're talking about young teams. You saw it last year with Boston. It's about staying consistent in those pressure moments and playing defense in those big moments. And I think uh, that's going to be the test for this Pals team. Can they overcome that youthful exuberance and show the maturity to win games? And we know in the NBA, uh, it takes veterans and it takes experience to win. And they're just lacking that right now so what what is the rotation going to look like like McCollum's going to start at the point Ingram is starting at the two Jones starts at the three Zion at the four presumably Jonas Valanciunas starts at the five I feel like their starting lineup is pretty set in stone and then from there it's kind of a crapshoot yeah it's really up in the air on a bench I think you're definitely gonna see Trey Murphy uh I think you're definitely gonna see Larry Nance they love his defensive versatility at the big man spot uh I think Jose Alvarado I think is another guy you can pencil in there as, a, as he's definitely gonna see time at that backup point guard but then you've got Devontae Graham you've got Dyson Daniels you've got Jackson Hayes you got a little bit of Najee Marshall thrown in there. I think there you this team legit goes 10 to maybe even 12 deep of guys that they can throw on the court and just feel comfortable with those guys playing. I think that sounds good going into a season. Say, hey, look how deep we are. Look how many good players we have on the roster. But you know, in the NBA, you can only play so many guys on a night-to-night basis. And those guys who aren't playing, especially if they're coming into the season expecting to play, it's about managing those egos, keeping guys happy, not allowing that to to kind of disturb your locker room. I think that's something the Pels avoided last year uh, just because they had so many injuries they had to deal with. And, you know, it was a bunch of young guys trying to figure it out. Uh, but now all of these guys got that shot at a playoff run last year. So now, you know, Jackson Hayes is going to want to play this year. He, he felt like he showed something last year getting those starter minutes at the four. Jose Alvarado, the same thing. He proved himself last year in that playoff run. So he feels like he should be getting backup point guard minutes this year, maybe even finishing a few games at point guard. I, I know the Pels love Dyson Daniels, their top 10 pick from this year's draft. They feel like he could be maybe a, a mini version of, uh, of Herb Jones, just that defensive versatility, uh, being able to make plays in transition. So they're going to have a lot of options. It's going to be tough on Willie Green to kind of shorten that rotation down to maybe nine or ten guys. Uh, but they're going to have a lot of options. And I think this is definitely a team that's a candidate for a consolidation trade at some point during the season, maybe turning two of these guys, two or three of these guys into one real rotation player or another vet like we talked about before, who can help them in a playoff situation. Uh, but it's a matter of these guys coming in and competing and really separating themselves where it can become clear. Uh, but right now, I, I think it's a big question mark about, you know, how many guys are going to play on that bench and just how it all shakes out. Wait, so who could they move and what would they be looking for? I think that the one that you kind of see circled all the time is the Devontae Graham Devontae plus Graham. Jackson Hayes kind of package. Maybe you throw a first round pick in there and what can you get? Uh, that's the big question. What's the best thing you can get? I think the smart thing to do is probably wait closer to trade deadline and see, you know, teams are more willing to unload guys than they are right now. Uh, but I think Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich is a name you kind of seen thrown out there. I don't necessarily love his fit because I, I would rather see just see Dr- Trey Murphy and Herb Jones get those minutes on the wing rather than a guy like Bogdanovich who's going to want to take shots, doesn't really add much defensively when you already lack that with CJBI and Zion. 
but I think somebody in that mold, a veteran guy, knocks down threes, maybe can play a little bit more defense than Bogdanovich. Uh, I think that would fit. And I think Devontae plus Jackson Hayes, uh, I think it's something where financially you can get a really good player with those two contracts. And you can convince the team, hey, Jackson is still young. He's going in a second contract next year. Devontae, he's a proven three-point shooter in the league. You can you can convince a team to take that and feel like they're not getting nothing, right? You, maybe you can get away with not even attaching a first-round pick to that and still get, get some quality. Uh, another name I would throw out there is maybe Kyra Lewis coming back from a torn ACL. Uh, you know, it's a little too deep at backup point guard right now. As much as they like Kyra, I think he's another name. Maybe a team's willing to take a flyer on him, former lottery pick. Uh, but yeah, I think right now the Pels are happy what they have on this roster. But I think they're definitely going to be a team that's lurking uh, around the trade deadline, just to be able to add a little bit more to the rotation where it's not so dependent on so many young guys. All right, well, lurking around that team will be Will Guillory. He'll be covering the Pelicans all season, as he's been doing since the dawn of time. And uh, he's got great coverage over on The Athletic, so be sure to check out everything he's doing over there. Thank you to Andrew Schleck. Thank you to myself for another perfect hosting job. This is the Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding.